You are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz. You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Hope you're doing well on this Tuesday, November 7th, 2023. My name is Jacob Goins with you here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. We're inside the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio. And man, let me go ahead and tell you, it's been a busy day around Auburn Network and our family of six radio stations. Man, it is just unbelievably busy uh, with the amount of uh, coverage and content and just everything going on here across our six radio stations. Over on 96.3 W. Lee, you can find Ben Taylor, uh, who is currently in the middle of hosting Opelika Rotary Radio Day. I had my shift today. Started at 6 a.m. this morning with John Bodiford, uh, who got started from 6 to 10. I took over from 10 to 1. Ben Taylor over there right now. I'll hop back in the studio at 96.3 W. Lee to wrap it up from 4 to 6. We've got, of course, our sports talk shows today. We have... Auburn City Council over on News Talk WANI. Back on 96.3 W. Lee Lee later on is Auburn High School Basketball, our first broadcast of the season with Jumpin' Jack Hutton. That'll be around 6.30 for the boys. And then Auburn Men's Basketball is on Wings 94.3 tonight. Holy smokes. I mean, it's just a crazy day around here with all of our wonderful content. But um, with that, I mean, look, I say it all the time. Nobody's doing it better than we are here at Auburn Network. And so hope you're having a great day. It's a nice day outside here in Auburn Opelika. We've got a lot to talk about on the show today with Auburn Athletics, with athletics in general and college. Um, College basketball is here. College basketball has started, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, if you can't tell or if you don't know me or don't know this show – Man, do I love college basketball. And there were some interesting results from last night. Of course, Auburn plays tonight. They open up the season on the road in South Dakota, taking on the Baylor Bears. Uh, So I think it is the game of the night. It's the game of the opening days with basketball starting yesterday and carrying into today, of course. It's the best opening game that there is. Auburn and Baylor. And here's what's crazy. The odds have completely shifted. Baylor, and correct me if I'm wrong, Baylor opened up as the favorite. And in the last couple of days, Auburn is now currently, as I sit here and talk to you about it, they are currently a point and a half favorite tonight against the Baylor Bears. Isn't that something? Isn't that crazy? We got some news and some updates from Bruce Pearl yesterday. I want to talk about those. I want to talk about this Auburn basketball team. Talk a little college basketball with you today. Uh, We'll have the Hugh Freeze press conference audio as we do each and every Tuesday uh, from yesterday in his weekly press conference. And then coming up at hour number two, Daryl Dapperts Double D will join us on the phone lines as he always does. So it's a busy show and we'd love for you to be a part of it. Give me a call. What's on your mind? Let's talk it out on 
a Tuesday afternoon. 334-321-1390. That number again, 334-321-1390. Starting with college basketball and Auburn basketball in particular, I'm curious on where you stand and where you sit right now with this Auburn basketball team and program going into game one of the season. Now, I think there's a lot of hype. I think there's a lot of uh, enthusiasm, maybe a lot of hope for this Auburn basketball team, as there should be, right? As there should be. I've talked to you a lot about the talent on this team, and I'm curious on where Auburn fans' expectations are with this team. I mean, are you expecting to make the NCAA tournament? Are you expecting to get farther than what Auburn has over the last couple of years? Um, Do you think this could be a Final Four team for Auburn this year? Or maybe you're not as high as I am or others are, and maybe you're worried about this team competing in the SEC or even making the NCAA tournament. I want to hear some of your thoughts about uh, this Auburn basketball team as they start on the road. It's a neutral site game in South Dakota taking on Baylor. Of course, you can find that here locally in Auburn, Opelika on Wings 94.3 and WingsFM.com. So be sure you are tuning in for that. But it's 8 o'clock ESPN. It is the game of the day. Um, And I really don't think it's even close. And before we dive super, super deep into Auburn basketball, did you see some of the results from day one? Did you see some of the things that happened in college basketball on opening day? It was kind of crazy. Oregon and Georgia played in an opening season tournament. And I think that's going to be a Georgia team that's actually halfway decent and getting better with recruiting. They've got a top 15 recruiting class right now. Oregon beats them 82-71. to You had teams like Tennessee who opened up yesterday, a team like Purdue that opened up yesterday. There were some interesting results as the Louisville Cardinals, who have not been a good basketball program over the last couple of years. Obviously, they have been historically, but over the last couple of years, maybe not so much. They had a massive scare with UMBC, and if you remember that name, that is one of the most historical teams in college basketball because they have one of the best wins in the entire history of the NCAA tournament. And Louisville had to come back late in the second half and win their season opener 94-93. to But the result of the night in college basketball on opening night with some of the biggest names, biggest teams, biggest coaches opening up the season – you had Alabama with an impressive win. We'll talk about that in a little bit. 105-73 to over Moorhead State. And they've got some good players, does Alabama. Very, very impressive opening win. But the result of the night was late last night in overtime in East Lansing. The number four team in the country, the Michigan State Spartans, hosting James Madison, who if you aren't, are not keeping up with their athletics... It's not just basketball that is riding high right now. But James Madison, in the season opener, went to Michigan State, East Lansing, and head coach Tom Izzo and took down the number four ranked team in the country to start the year 79-76 in overtime. How about that? 
it's only November. That's the first game of the year. And that's already happening. Tell me that this is not going to be a fun college basketball season, man. It's, it is my favorite. I mean, it just is. It's my favorite, and it's for reasons like that that I just enjoy it so much. You had a big name game last night uh, with USC and Kansas State. Wasn't all that exciting until it went down the stretch. Of course, a lot of eyes will be on USC uh, with Bronny James, who got a good health update. Seems like he's, I think they said he's going to get another scan and get tested and everything in about a month. And then uh, if, if everything clears there, he'll start practicing with the team for a chance to return and play. But coming up tonight, Auburn and Baylor. Give me your predictions for tonight. Give me your predictions and your thoughts for the season and where you sit on a optimistic scale right give me like a a one through ten on ten being this team's going to the final four and one being they're going to finish last in the sec or whatever i mean give me give me a number on where you sit right now going into the season three three four three two one thirteen ninety i'll give you mine i've talked about this team and when you look up and down the roster The talent is there, and I've said this before, and I'll say it again about this Auburn basketball team. I think this is the most talented team, top to bottom, that Bruce Pearl has ever had. I believe that, and I believe you're going to see that this season. And I'm not talking just Bruce Pearl at Auburn. I'm talking Bruce Pearl and his coaching career. I think it is. It very well could be, but I think it is. And I, I could be wrong, of course. I could end up being wrong, and we may see a different side of this team that doesn't support that. But I have a feeling, just based off of what I've seen and what I know, and giving you my thoughts and opinions on this, I think this is the most talented team that Auburn is, that Bruce Pearl has ever had. Could be for Auburn, too probably is you look up and down this roster man there's youth there's experience and there's leadership you have a mixture of young guys that are going to shine transfer portal guys that are just now bursting onto the scene and experienced Auburn guys that are going to make an impact on this team this season and lead this team through some really tough games in non-conference play and in SEC play. We all know the big name, Aiden Holloway, the big-time five-star freshman point guard, who Bruce Pearl said is going to play tonight. He's been dealing with an injury. He didn't play in the exhibition game, but Bruce Pearl said he should be good to go against Baylor tonight. I think that's huge. We know that he is going to be a superstar in college basketball. And I've said this about the young man. I think he's going to make some plays that are absolutely ridiculous. He is going to make some plays that he should not be able to make as a freshman in college basketball. But he's also going to make some plays where you're like, okay, I get it. Kid's 18, 19 years old. He's a freshman in college basketball. But he's going to be a superstar. And he's going to be your starting point guard for a reason. Kid's going to be electric, man. 
You're going to see him all over SportsCenter. You're going to see him all over Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it. He is going to be one of the guys that makes highlight plays and makes shots and makes some really, really tough shots. I think his shot creation and shot-making ability compared to most point guards is elite. So you look at a guy like him who's a freshman on this team compared to guys that have come in through the transfer portal, right? Guys like Chaney Johnson, Denver Jones, Adarren Scott, Chad Baker-Mazzara. All of those guys are going to make an impact on this team. A couple of them are starters on this team. And the one that I look at is Denver Jones. Denver Jones will be your starting shooting guard. A guy that averaged over 18 points at his previous stop. He is a reliable day-in, day-out, night-in, night-out type of guy. You need somebody to go for 15, 15 and 5? Denver Jones is your guy. You need somebody to handle the basketball and not turn it over? Denver Jones, I think, is your guy. And coming through the transfer portal, unlike Aiden Holloway, Denver Jones has played quite a bit of college basketball. And that's going to help him, I think, early and help this team early on, especially in a game like tonight against Baylor. Especially in a game like tonight against Baylor, where you can say, okay, Denver, I know you're the shooting guard. We know Aiden's not 100%, and this is his first college game against a top 20 team in Baylor. We need you to carry the load for the guards. You're going to have a higher responsibility with the basketball in your hands tonight, and I think you could very well see that. And he's comfortable doing that. right? I think Denver Jones is going to be like, sure, let's go. And we'll talk about the other guard that's going to make a big impact, but he didn't come from the transfer portal, and he's not a freshman. He's a guy that was on this team last year in Trey Donaldson. We'll talk about him in a second. But I look at somebody like Denver Jones and Chaney Johnson and Chad Baker-Mazzara. Those two guys are high flyers, high energy, high effort, and I think are going to be really, really special for this team just in the exhibition game the effort that I saw from those two young men was unbelievable Chaney Johnson a junior Chad Baker Mazzara also a junior and man I think they just want to play ball they just want to be on the floor they just want the opportunity to play at the highest level which is Auburn basketball and I think they are going to be dunking running shooting rebounding alley-ooping, doing it all. They could be your your highlight reel, momentum shifter, crowd going crazy type players, right? I think they could really be that. How will they be able to reel all of that in and be a controlled basketball player, right? Not being KD Johnson. How can you, (laughs) in the years past, how can you avoid being a KD Johnson-esque that High talent, high skill, but a little out of control at times. I look for Chaney Johnson and Chad Baker-Mazzara to be like that and be controlled, be 
reliable and be effective, but not just be so wild and crazy that it actually hurts the team. And I'm not saying they will be. I'm just saying I'm looking for that to be the case. But when we come back, I want to talk about the returners on this team. I want to talk about what you could see tonight against Baylor and what you could see this year for this Auburn basketball team as they open up the season with top 20 ranked Baylor Bears in South Dakota. Give me a call. Let's talk some Auburn basketball here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line. 334-321-1390. We'll be right back here on ESPN 106.7. You are on the line on ESPN 106.7. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 106.7 app. Back inside the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge studio here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line. I'm Jacob Goins with you on ESPN 106.7. Coming up in just a few minutes, we'll have uh, Hugh Freeze's weekly press conference. Of course, head coach of Auburn football. We'll play that for you at 2.30. And uh, Coach Freeze and I had a little fun yesterday. We did. We had we had a little fun yesterday uh, from uh, the the... That's the best way to put that. The mix-up, maybe, or the uh, the exchange that we had from last week. That uh, the question that I asked that got a, I think, a heated response is a good way to put that. A heated response from Coach Freeze a week ago uh, that really surfaced and went flying around social media here in in town from Auburn fans and. Um, Hugh Freeze, look, Coach Freeze and I talked about it after that, and he came up and, and we talked, and, and it wasn't no hard feelings in that in that whole exchange. Uh, but yesterday, yesterday I had a little fun with him, and, and, and he he got a kick out of it. So we'll have that in the entire uh, the entire press conference coming up for you in just a couple of minutes. But we've been talking Auburn basketball as they get underway tonight uh, with the Baylor Bears, and I asked you, and I want to ask you again. And would love to get your input and thoughts on Auburn basketball. 334-321-1390. Your confidence level or maybe your your expectations for Auburn basketball in 2023 on a scale of 1 to 10. 10 being Final Four, 1 being you know, last in the SEC or lose every game or, you know, Bruce Pearl quits or whatever, right? Whatever the case, whatever your absolute worst case scenario would be, uh, that would be one. And then final four would be 10. Where do you stand right now on your expectations for Auburn basketball in 2023? Give me a call. 334-321-1390. I think it's fair for Auburn fans to have somewhat high expectations this season I do I think it is okay for them to have high expectations because we know that since the final four right since the final four run in 2019 there just hasn't been a whole lot done with Auburn basketball sure they've made the tournament and sure they've you know done so they've gotten some big wins but they haven't made it over the hump again since they went to the Final Four. And I think there's a lot of Auburn fans that are maybe impatiently waiting to get back there and have some more consistent postseason play and consistent postseason winning. And I think that's totally fair. I think it's totally fair. Bruce Pearl's been here for 10 years now. This is his 10th season as the Auburn head basketball coach. Isn't that crazy? 
10 years taking over a program that was a laughing stock in the SEC, a laughing stock in college basketball for most of its time. Not all, but most. And he's turned it around, and he took this program to a Final Four, a team that no doubt in my mind should have won a national championship. I think they were the best team playing the best ball. They just didn't do it for 35 minutes against Virginia. And, of course, the calls at the end, double dribble, whatever. But even then, that team had no business losing to a Virginia team that wasn't all that great, and I think they would have beaten Texas Tech by 20 in the national championship game on that Monday night. But Auburn has taken or gone to a Final Four thanks to Bruce Pearl. But then after that, I think it's been, I don't want to say a letdown because that's just not fair. But I think Auburn fans are ready to get back there. I think they are ready to see this program consistently get to that point, right? And look, there's no program that consistently makes the Final Four. There's some teams that have made it a lot. And there's some teams that make it pretty darn close a lot. But consistently making the Final Four is not a legitimate, realistic thing. It's just not. But again... Auburn fans want this basketball program, as they should. They want them to be in the Sweet 16 almost every year and be pushing to make Elite Eights and giving themselves a chance to make the Final Four. But that just hasn't happened since 2019, right? That just hasn't happened. It's been up and down. And look, Auburn's had some legendary teams since then. The Jabari Smith team was awesome. But they disappointed in postseason play. They did. They disappointed in postseason play. But I think this team this year, I think they have a chance to to really make up for that and make a deep run in the tournament. Because I talked about the newcomers, right? Guys like Aiden Holloway. And I talked about, as a freshman, and I talked about the transfer portal guys. But think about who's still on this team that's been here for a while that I think will make huge impacts on this team. Trey Donaldson. He's one of the best guards in the SEC. I said this last year, and if you were with me last year, you know I was. I was begging for Trey Donaldson to get in the basketball game and get the ball in his hands because of the skill that he had. I could see it. I was begging for Trey Donaldson to be the starting guard. He gets into the NCAA tournament and dude didn't miss a three. Trey Donaldson's going to be special. He won't be your starter for the year. He'll see some starts, I think. But between him and Aiden Holloway, that's a heck of a one-two punch at the point guard spot. Guys like Chris Moore, Dylan Cardwell, that'll come off the bench. High energy, high IQ, leadership and experience and guys that love Auburn that's what you have in those guys then don't forget about this guy oh how about KD Johnson he fits in that narrative too but I think he'll see really significant minutes off the bench where he played his best basketball of his college career coming off the bench late last season for Auburn and don't forget about Janai Broom who was on every watch list as a big man, not just in the SEC, but in college basketball. And once he fully gets back healthy, and Bruce said he's going to be ready to go tonight, we'll see what his 
minutes look like if he has any limitations. But that's a heck of a team, man. That's a heck of a team with a lot of talent and Jalen Williams there as well. If it all comes together, which I think it'll take a little bit, the skill level, the experience, and the just IQ and the the group of guys that's on this basketball team, I think it's one of the best I've seen in a long, long time. Will it all come together? I don't know. That's a great question. And we have a great chance to find that out tonight as Auburn takes on Baylor in their season opener out in South Dakota. When we come back, though, Hugh Freeze, his weekly press conference for Auburn football, will play it for you here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line. Jacob Goertz on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. 30 minutes into hour number one here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line. I'm Jacob Goins with you on ESPN 106.7. How's your Tuesday going? It's a gorgeous day once again here in the Auburn Opelika area. Hope you're doing well, whether you're out traveling around or sitting in the office or in the garage, wherever you are. Uh, we appreciate you tuning in. I appreciate you. I don't say that enough on this show. I really don't. I appreciate you all so much for uh, tuning in each and every day, whether you tune in from two to four the entire time or in the car 10 minutes. It's 10 seconds. I don't care. I really do appreciate you and supporting me and supporting this show. And so uh, as we roll on here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line, as we always do, Hugh Freeze had his weekly press conference yesterday for Auburn football. Going to play most of it for you. Don't have time to get the whole thing, but we'll get as much of it as we can. Uh, and as I mentioned, uh, Coach and I had a little fun yesterday uh, with a flashback to last week. So enjoy that. That's in there somewhere. Uh, but this is head coach Hugh Freeze for Auburn football in his weekly press conference yesterday. Yeah, good morning to all. It's um, obviously big week um, as I guess fall is ending and we move into the winter um, season of uh, where football is still going on, obviously, but there's a lot of other sports that are getting kicked off and I'd love to wish uh, good luck to our Coach Jay and women's basketball and Bruce and and uh, men's basketball, and I know volleyball has a huge uh, match coming up. So Coach Crouch and his squad were uh, pulling for them also. So a lot of, lot of good things going on this week. Uh, I'm glad I'm not with Bruce in South Dakota. I don't, uh, that wouldn't be a fun trip for me, but um, I'm sure he's enjoying it because he's just, he's made that way. But um, good luck to all those teams this week. Uh, it, Watching the film yesterday, with um, there was a lot of good things, and and some that that um, that were not so good, and then some that had we made certain plays, uh, the game would have been um, firmly in control. And um, I don't know that we can have those not go our way uh, this week in Arkansas. Um, really impressed with them. I think they've lost five games by one score or less to really good football teams. And obviously they're coming off of a big win on the road in Gainesville. And I think they've got 
a lot of motivation and it's a, it's a very scary team. I think they're doing a really good job. They're really good on defense, stopping the run. And uh, obviously KJ's, uh, I've had great respect for him for, for many years now and knew him out of high school. And he's a, he's a great leader and um, they've kind of gone back to playing um, like they did last year offensively, it appears. So, um, and they seem much more comfortable confident so we got our hands full with that excited about when at Vanderbilt again thank our fans I thought they were incredible showed up and um, really felt like we um, were at a uh, neutral site game at worst and really just never had any problem communicating or anything and, and I think our fans were just incredible so um, we're looking to become bowl eligible I think that's big in year one um, Jarquez has, has had some good games. Peyton has uh, completed around 70% of his passes the last two weeks and five TDs with one interception. That was a bad choice, um, but it's been solid. Um, and, and that's with several drops, really. I think we had seven drops is, is what I tallied after watching the film. So and we had three scores of 50-plus yards. That's the uh, second time that's happened in 20 years. So we're starting to see some signs of uh, of some good things, but we've just got to we got to clean up the ones that are not so good and 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 make all the ones that come our way that we do have good calls and we execute it correctly. And you know we had two touchdowns called back. Jarquez scored on two runs, both called back. Both were good calls. They were penalties. And um, just neither one had to happen. You know, not one time have we ever discussed cutting from the tight end position. Uh, not one time, nor do we practice that. Um, and then Rivaldo's hold on the last one that Jarkers ran in just it didn't have to do it. Um, and so we've uh, we've got to we've got to lock in and be a little more focused uh, and clean some of that up. Uh, or, or those will hurt us in these upcoming games. Hey, you said last week that you were more involved in the game planning uh, offensively. Seem like, are you calling some plays now? You seem more involved in that on, on the game. Yeah, it's a, it's a collaboration. Um, um, you know, I'm very involved in, in, in but uh, Monty is uh, Monty's calling his share too, and it's uh, it's just it's a partnership, and kind of depends on how it's going, and um, you know. But I'm very involved with what's on the call sheet for sure, and what what shouldn't be on there. You like like a golfer watching putts fall. How important is just comp, just seeing plays happen and, and success on offense and just starting to kind of believe? Is that is that a big deal? Yeah, I thought uh, you know we we played with some confidence and swagger last week, uh, particularly the first half, and then um, you know got off to a fast start and was really optimistic about some of the I really really felt good about our uh, I work hard at, at, at explosive plays and and the possibilities of those and really felt good about our chances at having some explosive plays and um, and we should have we did have we had some but it should have been more and um, I think the more we're successful at doing that the more confidence and uh, swagger that our kids will play with 
Hey, Coach, uh, with KJ Jefferson, getting to watch him over the years, he's so difficult to bring down. I know you emphasize tackling in practice, but how much is that going to be a point of coaching this week to make sure that you bring him fully to the ground because he is so strong? Yeah, he is, it's just amazing some of the tackles he gets out of and then extends plays. So that will be uh, certainly an area that uh, we've got to – I mean, you, you watch him enough, you know you're not going to get him on the ground every single time. You just hope that uh, those are not um, explosive runs or explosive passes that happen after you um, miss him. Um, but he's very, very strong and very, very difficult to get on the ground. Coach, a couple of weeks ago, um, you mentioned that you had a, what you, you phrased a put up or shut up, you know, conversation with Peyton Thorne. He averaged about 30 throws a game at Michigan State before he got here over the last two weeks. You've thrown the ball significantly more. Had he expressed any frustration to you about the volume of throws uh, in the game plan? No, not, not about the volume. We, we were both frustrated and we, we talk openly. But uh, I don't ever remember. It wasn't a, a case where I need a certain volume of throws. I mean, there's a lot of really good football teams that are finishing games now. If you go look at the stats, 12 for 19 or 16 for 19. And um, it, it's never about volume uh, for him nor I. Um, it's about executing what the plan is and executing it well and um, throwing accurate balls to the right spot. Um, so never been one to say it needs to be X amount, nor, nor has, has he expressed that either. Uh, yes, you. What um, status of Avery Jones this week? And if he does return, uh, what will be the plan for Connor Lou? Yeah, I don't know yet. Um, um, I haven't uh, talked to Robbie and the medical staff yet um, about – they probably we probably won't know until Wednesday or Thursday what Avery status is, and um, you know, Connor still will play some. I don't think him being out the last three weeks, um, particularly when it's a lower leg injury, that he's going to be ready to go out there and play 60, 70 snaps. So um, if he is available, it still will be a shared uh, responsibility. This time last year, you guys at Liberty went to Arkansas and, and won that game. I know you said kind of each game you sort of look at your team and motivate them in a little bit of a different way. What do you remember about that day that, that got them up to kind of have that kind of performance to get that win? Yeah, we, we had uh, come off of a big win against BYU, and um, I believe it was after an open week that we traveled to Arkansas. Um, the first thing I was concerned about is uh, my experience in Arkansas in November has not been pleasant. Um, the two times we went there when I was at Ole Miss, the weather was atrocious. And uh, I was just thankful that when we went at Liberty, it was actually a nice day. And it appears this Saturday is going to be fairly nice. Um, you know, I, I tell our teams the truth. And told, I remember telling them, that, listen, you're the underdog. You shouldn't win this game. Um, but that's what makes it fun, you know, to go and, and give it a shot and why you and why you play the game. And you don't have to be better ten times. You just have to be better that that one day. And um, I can't remember exactly what our theme was that week or anything, but it, our, our kids played really hard that day, I know, and 
and stop their run pretty much. So um, there's something we need to do this week also. You mentioned Saturday about just wanting to look back at the film to, to see the offensive line and how they handled uh, just, just different, uh, different protection schemes, uh, running back tight ends too. If you've done that now, kind of what did you think about it? Um, disappointed, truthfully, in our protection. Um, just, um, and again, when I say disappointed, I'm not saying O-line, running backs, quarterbacks. It was, a, it was all of us. Um, Peyton, I, I mean, the first, third down, um, I see exactly what's happening, and I just felt surely he sees because we, 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 we did a, a freeze and the end was dropping and the backers coming, the safeties were rolling, and, I mean, I, I know you see that. And, um, and we did not set the protection right on that. Um, and I think he missed two. Uh, protections, running back, totally. Damari uh, missed uh, an easy, an easy look, and um, then our old line had three or four that were. Uh, and I'm not talking about just getting beat. I'm talking about we're 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 not handling when they 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 were really twisting a lot away from the back, and you have to get vertical to be able to pass that off and and stay on the same level. And man, we were. We were several times, we were on different levels, and you're going to get pressure in a hurry when, when you do that. So we, we were average at best. Hey, uh, these past two weeks, was it more of the game plan going in that Peyton was going to play every snap, or was it he's just playing so well you're not going to take him off the field? Well, it was this is what we're going to do offensively, and I believe uh, Peyton's skill sets are the are the most prepared for what we're doing. It's not a it's not a negative toward anybody else. I think he's when you talk about playing with tempo, setting our protections, throwing accuracy with with footballs and understanding coverages, I think he's the farthest along in in that. I think Holden had one heck of a week last week and he can really spin it and he's probably one that that um, I think he's got a bright future. You spoke earlier this year about Jalen Simpson being a joy to coach. What are some things you see him consistently doing at a high level? Uh, his energy and passion, work ethic. Um, he comes to work every day. He prepares. He um, he does it with with energy and a smile on his face. And it's not a I, I have to. It's a I get to mentality and um, pleased with with his progress for sure. Seventeen points in the first half on Saturday, fourteen in the second half. I just didn't know if you had an explanation for the huge drop off of three points from the first <laughs> half to second half. Uh, I tell you it was awful play calling. <laughs> it was awful. My real question is, with Arkansas, we know they let go of their offensive coordinator a couple weeks ago. How tough is it to game plan when you have film for so many weeks on one offensive coordinator, and then now you're having to readjust it and kind of see what the difference is from all those weeks before for just these couple weeks now with a, a new guy calling plays? Well, I, I, I honestly, 
I don't know that it's going to, uh, th this is certainly not saying that we're going to have the greatest plan and stop them, but I think it's pretty clear they were frustrated with what they were doing, and I think it's a pretty stark difference, and the guy that's calling it now whose background is with the former offensive coordinator, I think it's a pretty good bet that you can throw a lot of the film out unless you're just looking at personnel and probably need to pull a few games from last year, is my opinion, to go with uh, what they did at Florida. Well, what would you think about that? Like I said, Coach and I, we had, we had a good little moment yesterday. I, I enjoyed it. He did, too. He got a good laugh out of it. Uh, everybody in <laughs> all the media that was there, we all had, we all had a good laugh about it. And so um, I did have a legitimate question about the OC at, at Arkansas, but wanted to uh, get that in there for you. That was most of Hugh Freeze's press conference from yesterday. Uh, he normally goes 20 to 25 minutes, so never can uh, play all of it for you, but I want to get as much of it for you as I can. We'll take our final break, come back, and... To wrap up hour number one we'll talk more basketball we'll talk more football and daryl dapperich coming up later on in hour number two give me a call i want to hear from you on the phone lines here on a tuesday afternoon 334-321-1390 we'll wrap up hour number one when we come back you are on the line on espn 1067 Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Wrapping up hour number one here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line, and we do so by going to the phone lines. And Andy, you're on the line. It's a Tuesday, so it's a little too early to get a prediction out of you, I think, but I'm thinking this is more of a reaction phone call. A little bit of both. First of all, Warrior. Okay, going, yes, sir. Um, Glad to see you have a good rapport with Coach. Um, <laughs> how, how do you do with Coach Pearl? Uh, <laughs> Coach Pearl, uh, nothing, uh, no controversy there yet. Um, we love Coach Pearl. Yes, and, we do. And uh, everything he does. Um, so, did exactly what I expected with Vanderbilt. Uh, we covered, we did good, we did some bad things. Um, with that being said, um, Arkansas, uh, I'm looking forward to more talk with you throughout the week. I'll try to give you a call Friday, but... Arkansas had a couple bad games, mm -hmm. but they've had some amazing games. So I'm, I'm, I'm scared of them after just listening to Coach. I'm definitely not super confident. Um, you know, we have a decent team. We're scrappy, but we do things like throw pick sixes on the five-yard line. We um, get touchdowns brought back because of holding and whatever that guy was doing, chop blocking. Um, just you're not going to beat teams like Alabama for sure. Um, and maybe not Arkansas if we can't get our stuff together. So not looking good. Um, but, again, what was the deal with Arkansas and um, was it Ole Miss? Was seven 7-3 or was, was that accurate? Or yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're talking about uh, Arkansas and Mississippi State uh, a couple okay. of weeks ago in Fayetteville, and Mississippi State beat the Razorbacks 7-3. to Yeah, we'll take, we'll take that Arkansas. We'll take the BYU versus Arkansas, but – I'm scared to play at Arkansas that almost beat Bama, almost beat Texas A&M, um, almost beat LSU. Almost beat uh, Ole Miss. They played that within a touchdown, too. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, um, I don't know. We'll, I will both get smarter on it this week. But um, if we play like we did with most of our other games, from Cal to Vandy, we're not going to win it. Yeah. Um, and we're, we're getting better. Yeah. But uh, we're making way too many high school mistakes. 
That's understandable. Um, are you are you a basketball guy, Andy, by chance? I love Coach Pearl. Okay, okay. Any uh, <laughs> any expectations or predictions for this season as they start tonight? I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna put a little money that they win the whole thing. There you um, go. But uh, just a little bit because it pays out so much. Our, <laughs> our odds are not in our favor, but you know we're getting better. Um, but unfortunately, so is the teams around us. You know, um, yeah. Alabama's getting better. Uh, Georgia's getting better. So. You know that's a good thing, but um, I liked it. I liked it a couple years ago when when Auburn was you know better than Kentucky, <laughs> better than Florida, um, but everyone's getting better. So that's the, right. The, the ocean is is taking all the boats up. Um, that was a horrible way to explain it. <laughs> um, but anyway, it's Laura Go, and I'll talk to you later in the week. Appreciate the call, Andy. Always good to hear from you as we wrap up hour number one three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Yeah, the the note about basketball there quickly. Um, yeah, it was it was nice when Auburn was was winning SEC championships and seemed to be top dog in the conference. But I'll be honest, I'm ready for the SEC to get a little better. Uh, it's been down the last couple of years, so I'm ready for the SEC and basketball to kind of get back to being a dominant conference. In regards to football and what Andy was saying there, yeah, I think Auburn fans want to see the uh, the three point Arkansas against Mississippi State this weekend. I don't think they want to see any part of the 39-36 win in Gainesville, Arkansas, or the team that played Alabama within three points, or the team that played Ole Miss within seven points. I don't think Auburn wants to see that this weekend, or the team that played LSU within three points. It's a good Arkansas team. Don't let the record fool you. Are they great? No. But Auburn's got to go down and take care of business and focus this weekend against Arkansas. We'll talk more Auburn football coming up in hour number two, plus Double D, Daryl Daprich. He'll join us later on in the show at 3.30. Give me a call, 334-321-1390, hour number two, coming up. ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz. You're on the line here on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika sports leader. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Hope you're doing well as we get underway here in hour number two on the Tuesday edition of On the Line. I'm Jacob Goins with you inside the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio. Folks, make sure you're going to check them out, okay? Go check them out. Uh, four to six happy hour each and every weekday. Uh, on, this is a perfect weekend on Saturday uh, to go and check them out as Auburn is on the road. Go and watch all the games at the Auburn Plaza Bar and lounge they've got the plaza patio uh, that you can go and watch games on they got tvs everywhere great food and drink specials go check them out 800 main street in midtown just off of opelika road 
all those nice white fancy buildings over there, that's where they are. Uh, go check them out at 800 Main Street in Midtown. It's the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge. They sponsor our studio between 2 and 4 p.m. each and every day here on ESPN 106.7. So we do appreciate them doing that. Hour number one is in the books. If you missed any of it, be sure to go and listen to the podcast commercial-free posted after each and every show. You can find that uh, wherever you get your podcast. Just search on the line, or you can go to our station website, at ESPNAU.com and click on the Podcast Center. We talked a lot of Auburn basketball in hour number one as the Tigers get underway in their season opener tonight in South Dakota, taking on the Baylor Bears. Talked a lot about that. I asked you what your reasonable expectations were for this Auburn men's basketball team. And then, as I do every Tuesday uh, here in football season, I had uh, the weekly press conference from Auburn's head football coach, Hugh Freeze, including uh, some really good questions, one that I want to address here in this segment coming up in just a minute. Uh, But also uh, my question for him that kind of relates to this, but uh, it was a good uh, good press conference, and, and Coach and I had a little fun yesterday. So be sure if you missed any of that, that is back in hour number one, so go and take a listen at ESPNAU.com or just search on the line wherever you get your podcasts. Well, coming up here in hour number two, I want to address a few of the things that Coach Free said yesterday in regards to the upcoming game against Arkansas and uh, how Auburn is preparing defensively for what is a brand new Arkansas offense scheme-wise. I mean, still same players. K.J. Jefferson's still there. That hasn't changed. Uh, But we know that Arkansas fired their offensive coordinator. Uh, just a couple of weeks ago and I asked Hugh Freeze about that yesterday and he had an interesting answer because it's a difficult situation so want to talk about that in just a couple of minutes coming up at 3 30 double d Daryl Daprich guest on Locked on Auburn and Montgomery radio legend will be joining us at 3 30 as he does every single Tuesday we'll talk to him about Auburn football and about Auburn basketball so excited to talk with Daryl I got to talk with him yesterday actually over on uh, News Talk WA&I on 98.7 filling in for Ben Taylor on Auburn Opelika this morning he's the weekly Monday guest on Ben's show so got to talk to Daryl yesterday and we'll get to talk to him again today so looking forward to that coming up at 3 30 but until then phone lines are open give me a call I want to hear from you uh, on this Tuesday afternoon what's on your mind what do you want to talk about Auburn football Auburn basketball how about the news about Michigan where sounds like Harbaugh may get some suspension it's what it sounds like Sounds like he may get suspended or Michigan may get some punishment out of all of the sign-stealing scandal, whatever they're naming it or calling it nowadays. Uh, But I believe Michigan was warned today, like, hey, something's coming. Something's coming, and I think it is. We've been talking about that for weeks on this show, on this station, as everybody else has been. Seems like Michigan may be in trouble. I don't know what that means. I don't know if he's going to get a couple of game banned. I don't know if Harbaugh is going to get banned for the rest of the year, if he's going to get fired. If I, I don't know. I have no idea. But more news came out about that today. So just a, a crazy situation that just continues to get crazier legitimately by the day. I mean, it, it really is wild. So whatever you want to talk about, give me a call. 334-321-1390. 
Well, I mentioned that after Coach Freeze and I had a good laugh yesterday at his weekly press conference, I got to ask him the question on how this Auburn team defensively, and I wish we had a chance to talk to Rod Roberts, but I asked Coach Freeze how this team is preparing for an Arkansas offense that is going to look a lot different and already has since they fired their offensive coordinator. You look at what Arkansas has done on offense, and in that Florida game, that's the best offensive performance they've had in quite some time. I mean, there's a reason that they let go of the OC. And, and Hugh Freeze said yesterday, you, and he, when, I, when I got the question to him, he started out by saying you could tell that they were frustrated with what they were doing offensively. And they let go of their OC. And what do they do the very first game after that? They have their best offensive performance in Power 5 football of the season. They scored 39 points, their second most points all season long, behind the West Carolina game in Game 1 and then against BYU with 31 and LSU with 31 as well. But they put up 39 points on the road in overtime against Florida and they beat the Gators in Gainesville. And I, I asked Hugh Freeze, I said, how do you prepare for that? And when you have so much film from all these weeks leading up, especially the last few games where they scored 20 points against Ole Miss, 21 against Alabama, and three against Mississippi State in a 7-3 to loss. I said, how do you prepare for that? What do you do with that film versus what you've seen in a very short amount of time? And he said, basically, we're not going to use it. Maybe for personnel, but you're not going to be watching it for scheme and for play calling and and for anything like that because it's going to be completely different. And think about how tough that is, man. Think about how tough it is. And I'm really, really, because I'm going to ask Eugene Asante tomorrow morning the exact same question. That interview will play on the drive at 5.30 tomorrow and here on this show at 2.30 on Friday. You better believe I'm going to ask him the same question and say, look, how are you guys preparing for an offense going in almost blind? You have one good game to go off of. You have one game to prepare for this Arkansas offense. Now, is the Arkansas offense just dominating elite, going to drop 50 points a game from here on out? No, probably not. But they do have good players. They do. They've got some talent on that side of the football. K.J. Jefferson's still there. Now, do I think K.J. Jefferson is a top three or four quarterback in this league? No. Even if you put him on a better team, I don't think he would be. But given his situation, remember my quarterback rankings at the beginning of the year in the SEC and where I had K.J. Jefferson? We did that back in the summer. I had KJ at six, and I got blasted. People were so upset that I put KJ Jefferson at six in my SEC quarterback rankings. Here we are. I know he's on a bad team, but here we are. But we also see there's a chance for him to really turn it around in this season. Now, it's a little late. They only have three games left against Auburn, FIU, and Missouri. 
but I'm not going to take my chances against him. I'm not going to let him build momentum and get some confidence. Absolutely not. But there's a chance that could happen. If Arkansas starts to figure this thing out a little bit coming off of a 39-point performance, where K.J. Jefferson with 20 of 31 for 255, two touchdowns and an interception, I'm not, I'm not going to let him get hot and beat me after they're having a bad season. So Auburn has to be prepared defensively for that. And so I ask you, and I'm going to answer the question myself, I ask you this, are you more confident in the Arkansas offense just figuring it out, coming off a good game with a new OC, a new guy calling plays, a new offense probably being implemented? Do you have more confidence in that, or do you have more confidence in Auburn's defense continuing to play borderline lights out? I think the answer is simple. I think it's easy. I think it's a gimme. I think that's a gimme. That's a free space on the bingo card, folks. I have the utmost confidence that Auburn's defense will continue, even on the road, that Auburn's defense will continue to do what they've been doing. Keep the, this team in games. Force turnovers. Force three and outs. Bend, don't break. I have no doubt that this defense will do that on Saturday against Arkansas. But they have to be ready and they have to be prepared. And I'm trying to tell you, and that's what I was curious about yesterday with Coach Freeze, this is a tough task, man. This is something that is really difficult. You have one game to go off of if you're Ron Roberts in this defense to prepare for And you're going to be shooting in the dark and guessing and just hoping you're right. And you're going to be relying on your skill and IQ as a defense that you know what you're doing and what what you're doing is working. So that's the defensive perspective. Offensively, we know what has to happen. We had Andy call in at the end of the first hour saying he was concerned and worried because there were still elementary peewee football things being done by this Auburn team, by this Auburn offense. Holdings and chop blocking and pick sixes inside your own 10. And he's absolutely right. Those things cannot continue to happen. You keep doing things like that, that take legitimate touchdowns off the board, receiving and rushing like we saw against Vanderbilt. If you keep doing those things, you will not beat Alabama. You will not win a decent bowl game. You might not beat Arkansas if you do things like that. On the road, mid-afternoon in Fayetteville, with a team that seems to be building a little confidence. Those things have to get better. They have to change and get fixed. Sure, you got away with it against Vanderbilt, but it's Vanderbilt. But Auburn's still getting better, and I told you this yesterday. Enjoy the win. And that was a Monday thing, and it's only Tuesday. Enjoy the win that Auburn got this weekend. I said it's too early. It's too early in the the rebuild process. It's year one. We can't be picky on how Auburn wins. But what we can do 
is pick out the things that have to get better to get the next win. Right? That's my job. That's what I do on a daily basis here on this show. We pick apart the things that Auburn did well. We pick apart the things that Auburn didn't do well. And we try to predict the things that have to happen for Auburn to win football games moving forward. Now, there's a reason that I get paid what I do and why I'm sitting here talking into a microphone and not getting paid more than I do to be on staff for Auburn football. There's a little bit of a reason for that. But we can still sit here and say, look, this, these things have to get better and improve. And I hear it from you all the time, my listeners and my callers. I hear it from you all the time, and I love that. Because we can see things that have to get better. And I think this coaching staff and Hugh Freeze, they know that. I think Peyton Thorne has to continue to get better. I think Jarquez Hunter needs to continue to be that guy who, if he stays healthy and continues on this track, he's on pace for 1,000 yards which hasn't happened in a while for Auburn. And there are some that don't think a 1,000-yard rusher is all that, and that's fine. But it is a mile mark that Auburn has needs to start getting back to consistently in the running back room. The offensive line, hopefully they stay healthy and get healthy. You heard earlier from Hugh Freeze's press conference, we still don't know the status of Avery Jones and won't know until Wednesday or Thursday. But I think Connor Lou's done just fine. And when it comes to the receivers room, if you want me to be straight up, just flat out honest, at this point, what is today? November 7th. At this point, they are what they are. It is what it is, right? There's talent. There's hope. And I think there is potential. But if it hasn't clicked at this point, and if it hasn't all come together for the receivers at this point, when is it going to happen? Do we really expect it to happen on the road at Arkansas on Saturday? Do we really expect it to happen against Alabama in the Iron Bowl? Maybe it'll happen after an extra month of practice when this team goes to a bowl game, if they win one more. I don't know. It's the same thing that I said about Auburn basketball last year in February when they couldn't shoot worth the lick. I said, if they can't shoot by now, they're never going to be able to shoot. It's the same thing with the receivers. I like the guys in there. And I do think they can make some plays. But it would be foolish for me to sit here one week into November and say, man, if the receivers just, if that guy emerges... Right, If that one guy emerges and this receiver room just figures it out all of a sudden, Auburn's going to be great. I think that's foolish to do at this point. And I hate that. I really do. I hate that. Because I think Peyton Thorne is getting comfortable. The positions I just talked about, quarterback, offensive line, and running backs, they're all comfortable and they're all getting better, which is what you're supposed to do In an athletic season, I don't care if it's football, basketball, volleyball, equestrian, swimming, diving, water polo. You're supposed to get better as the season goes on. And to my count, there is one position on this entire team that has not gotten better since the season started. 
And I think it's the wide receiver room. And at this point, I think it is what it is. 334-321-1390. We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll get to the phone lines. Here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line Plus, Daryl Dapper's coming up at 3.30. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back on ESPN 106.7. You are on the line on ESPN 106.7, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 106.7 app. Let's get to the phone lines here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line, 334-321-1390. Ty the Tiger, you're on the line, man. It's been too long, brother. How are you? Doing amazing, man. Doing amazing. You know, I couldn't I couldn't miss first day of uh, basketball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, hey, what's your thoughts on basketball season, man? Starting tonight on the road in South Dakota, taking on the Baylor Bears. Well, all right, so... You know, Bruce Pearl does real good when he's got a a, a, a team full of you know veterans. Mm-hmm. I think we got that in in this group. Um, we've got a lot of guys that have played the last two to you know two years and had very very significant playing time. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to see what Holloway looks like yep. in a game. I really want to see what. Uh, Denver Jones looks like. I mean, you know, compared to what he looked like against, I know it was a little scrimmage versus AUM, but if he can hit threes and, I mean, that's what I think we missed all last year was we did not, I mean, you know, we talked about it. Jalen Williams was our best three-point shooter. And that, that's not that's not a good thing. As much as we love Jalen Williams, that's not a good thing. Yeah. That's good for him and his dress dress stock. Right. Not good as an Auburn Tiger team. Correct. Know? Um, this Baylor team, man, they've got a they've got a really good point guard. Uh, I think his name is Dennis, and we're really if, if we're going to win tonight, we're going to have to shut him down. Um, but I expect you know um, you know to I expect a, a twenty, you know ten and and maybe a five point you know or five assist game from Broom. Mm-hmm. I expect I expect him to be big this year. Um, I, I, I like I said. I mean, you know, it's almost it's it, it's a lot like the team from last year, except for I think we've got some more shooters. So I mean, I think we're going to be deadly. I think it's I think we're going to come in with a chip on our shoulder, not ranked in the top twenty-five. And I mean, hey, I, I'll put it to you this way: I've got um, you know, uh, I've got a buddy who went out and um, saw Las Vegas and Packers play. Yeah, about two two weeks ago. I gave him fifty bucks cash. Uh oh. Put twenty. He put twenty five dollars on for the SEC regular season champs. Pays five hundred. There you go. And he put twenty five dollars on the national champs. Pays eighteen hundred. So Ooh. Okay. I'm, uh, I'm I'm planning on. Uh, hopefully, I got to make me a trip out in uh in 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 April to Vegas to cash in and have a heck of a trip. You know there you I mean? go. There you go. Well, look, I, I think but, there's I think there's a chance that Auburn could do both of those. Now, of course, one much much harder than the other. Um, with the SEC, man, I I just don't know what this conference is going to be. It's been down the last couple of years. I said it earlier. I want to see it get better. I want to see it get back to where it was a few years ago with eight, nine, ten teams in the SEC from the SEC 
in the NCAA tournament. And I know it makes the regular season have a couple of more losses, but I think for Auburn's sake, it makes the team better. Um, and then when it comes to winning a national championship, I mean, man, college basketball, it's one of the hardest postseasons to win because of how March Madness is set up. But that's what makes it so much fun. Yeah, again, it's, it's, it's you know, when you're hot, you know. I mean, UConn was hot at the end of the year last mm-hmm. year. Um, you know, we were hot at the end of uh, at 19, you know, and that was – I mean, we were just – we were smoking. I yeah. mean, we you – know, that was a good team. You know, it, it shows that Jabari Smith team was probably the best team that's ever been at Auburn ever. And they were just – I mean, they were cold the last – three weeks of the regular season yeah almost almost hot at the wrong time yeah it really was we really were i mean because we was on fire and i don't think nobody could beat us in the nation uh you know in january i really don't um and then it just seemed like mid-february we just kind of lost all momentum and Mm -hmm. and and it and it it trickled into that game versus miami i was at that game man i was it it just like we didn't it it was like we didn't even think we were we we deserved to be there and so it's just all about momentum on that end of it, and I think we got a really good team. Um, you know, I, I don't really care about losing a couple in the regular season because, like you said, it, it makes you better. Um, when you lose, you get to, you know, you get to find out what you did wrong and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's a good team. Um, we're gonna find out tonight, though. Uh, the line has uh, shifted already. And I don't know if that just means people are just looking more at Auburn or a lot of more money's coming in on Auburn, but it was actually it was it shifted now for it opened up I think as a two point favorite Baylor, and now Auburn's a point favorite. Yeah, so I saw that. Points. I saw that. Yeah, so, I'm seeing a point to a point and a half for Auburn tonight, which again is crazy because yeah. you're right. Baylor opened up as a point and a half to two point favorite a couple of days ago, and yeah, all of a sudden in just the last 24 hours or so, it's it's completely shifted 180 degrees. Yeah, it's come. It's and again, you don't know if they're just looking at uh, Auburn and they're better, or the money's coming in on Auburn. But I think Auburn's got a chance. I think Auburn's going to do good tonight. Yeah, um, yeah, I do too, man. I'm excited for it. I am too, man. Shifted to football. I got about a minute, man. Okay, um, Arkansas. If we put a quarterback spy on this on this cat, then we should hold him down. You put Asante Sands, uh, um You put Asante on him, and you make Asante just. Just follow him everywhere he goes. I like it. I think he's okay. If you don't, he's going to run all over you like he did versus Florida. I mean, he was a fantasy football dream this past weekend. And, I mean, (laughs) the kid can play. Um, So, yes, that's what it's going to come down to is is the defensive coordinator going to take the the Mississippi State and the the other game plans that, you know, or is this kid going to come out and show out and play? Because they've got some running backs, they've got some receivers, but they got a quarterback. Mm-hmm. And that's really going to come down to it. Are we going we gonna, we gonna, we gonna to keep Jefferson in, in, in the pocket? Or are we going to let him you know, roll out and just, I mean, dice us up? Because that's yeah. what he does. And if he does it, it's going to be a long day in Fayetteville. If not, I think Auburn comes out with a victory. And it's, you know, like, like Freeze keeps saying, it's all going to be about Thorn and what he does. And we're going to have to see. So, man, you know, obviously, I, I'm – I'm rooting for it. That's right. I think it's a good game, man. Yeah. Real good game. It will be. Ty, always great to hear from you, brother. Take it All easy, right, and I'll hear from you soon. Yes, sir. Ty the Tiger calling in here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line. Don't go anywhere. Daryl Dapperts, Double D, joins us. When we come back, we'll talk Auburn football and Auburn basketball here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line. You do not want to miss it. Don't go anywhere.
On the Line with Jacob Goertz on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. We've got 30 more minutes here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm Jacob Goins with you inside the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio. And uh, check your calendar, check the time. It's Tuesday at 3.30, which means Daryl Dapperich joins us on the phone lines. Double D, happy Tuesday, brother. How are you? Happy Tuesday. Happy college basketball yes, Tuesday. Yes, Auburn yes, yes. What a great, just a great time of year when they overlap, I mean, you know, it's just a, for, for both Auburn basketball and football, that month that that happens is pretty, it's pretty special. Yeah. Crossover season, man. It is, it's some of the best times when you've got basketball going on two or three days a week, football on Saturdays. I mean, you couldn't ask for, for a better time to do the jobs that we do. Uh, of course you are on with Zach Blackerby for Locked on Auburn a couple times a week for reaction shows and uh, on Fridays and then making your appearances around multiple, multiple radio shows in the state of Alabama. So let's talk a little basketball first since they do start tonight and then we'll move on to football from what we saw in Nashville on Saturday. Auburn on the road at South Dakota or in South Dakota taking on top ranked or top 20 ranked Baylor uh, tonight in the season opener. Bruce Pearl says that Aiden Holloway, Janai Broom should be good to go. We'll see what their true status and limitations are in game one. But uh, Daryl, just your expectations and really just your outlook on this season as we get started tonight. I really think that this team is going to go based upon guard play. And I know that sounds crazy when you got a potential SEC player of the year at Broome at the five. But I think Bruce Pearl's most successful team teams are driven. The, the, you know, the, the engine that drives the car is guards. And I feel like that's been lacking the last couple of years, especially a, a true point guard that can, that can you know, get things going and score. I look at a guy like Aiden Holloway who can play the the one and score. I don't suspect he'll start tonight. I think he'll probably come off the bench and they'll ease him in for a couple reasons. Number one, being a true freshman. Number two, that ankle injury. If that happens, Trey Donaldson has got to, to score. He's got to contribute offensively like he did in the NCAA tournament last year. But I really think Denver Jones coming over from Florida International and the way he can shoot the basketball will give Auburn its first true two-guard that can score double digits every night since Bryce Brown. Mm-hmm. And so that's going to be a big – well, Dowdy did as well. I, I take that back. Dowdy, that the 2019 year. Yeah, I can't forget so about him. I cannot forget about him. Well, I, you know, and it's just one of those situations where Brown, from a shooting standpoint, seemed a lot more pure. You know what I mean? And, so and, and Dowdy sort of played Auburn. around, too. Like, he played he multiple did. positions. So He, he played the threesome, mm-hmm. and so – you know, I just feel like if, if if Donaldson and Holloway together can be like a two-headed point guard monster like McCormick and Jared Harper were and give you combined, you know, 18, 19 points a game and 10, 12 assists, that's pretty significant offensive production from your point guard position. And then the three, you know, I think it's going to be big, you know, whether it's Chad Baker-Mazzara, who's such an athletic wing or Cheney Johnson. I just, I see Auburn where positions that seemed like they were struggling the last couple years to get consistent offensive production, the two and three guard position, the one, I think that that problem has been solved and this team will go 
based upon that. If the improvement in those positions have been addressed and it, it shows on the court proof of concept that Almer can have, I consider to be a, a year where they can contend for the conference title. Well, I think they should, and it's funny you say that because we had somebody call in earlier and and talk about Auburn. Could they be win? Could they be in position to win the SEC this season? And I talked about how the SEC as a conference, in my opinion, needs to get a little better. Where Auburn, sure, they have a chance, but Daryl, the SEC has just not been what it what it was a couple of years ago. And I think for Auburn's sake, long term, I think the SEC's got to get better as a conference. Yeah, it seems to be kind of top-heavy. I mean, Alabama was was a really good basketball team last year, and, and all indications were that they were going to go far in the tournament. That Obviously, that didn't happen. But, you know, after that, there was, to me, I think, a, a, a drop-off. And mm-hmm. I think the years that, well, you know, when you have somebody win the regular season conference title and then somebody else wins the, the conference tournament championship, that – shows you true balance i think it's top heavy when it's the same you know when kentucky used to do that and alabama did it you know think about auburn they'd win the conference regular season conference and then didn't didn't play well in the, in the sec tournament or they finished third or fourth in the regular season and then won the sec tournament so i think that's the true years of the true indications the litmus test that that the conference is balanced when you have a different regular season and tournament uh winner or champion so you know i I think the the same usual suspects, Arkansas will probably be really good, Tennessee, um, Kentucky. I, I don't know. Calipari had kind of a down year last year. We'll see if it got addressed. Um, but, yeah, it's there for the taking. It's such a brutal thing, though, to win the regular season because you have to stay so consistent over the course of two and a half months where if you just catch fire in the SEC tournament, anything could happen. But I think it's – to me, it's harder – to do what Auburn did in 2018 and 2022 where they won the regular season than it was when they won the conference the tournament championship in 2019. So it'll be interesting. I, it, it, really looking forward to seeing how Broom plays tonight on that shoulder uh, that he went out early against AUM. But I think that from a shooting standpoint and an athletic standpoint, Auburn has really elevated its roster. And uh, tonight's the first night to see if there's proof in that. I don't think I've ever asked you this question when it comes to basketball, but I feel like I know the answer. When it comes to NCAA tournament and automatic bids, are you a fan of it being the NC or the conference tournament winner like it is now, or should it be the regular season conference winner? Hmm. Great question. Um, Because I have my opinion, but I'm just curious on what you think. I I think it needs to be the regular season champion. I agree. Because I think it's – I think it's harder. I think it's a bigger accomplishment. And, and now I'm not one that likes to screw with tradition. I am so much a traditionalist and hate change mm-hmm. uh, with a lot of things, um, with sports. But I think in this scenario, the regular season champion, like they do at the smaller levels of basketball, it's such a gauntlet to go through a 16-team and, you know, 14-team, 18-team league and win it that, you know, you get somebody – and, again – People will say, well, that takes away the magic of the tournament where a team that, you know, would normally not get to the NCAA tournament that had a losing record catches fire and you put Cinderella in there. I get it. I, I, you know, I guess. I mean, that does add some of the mystique to the NCAA tournament that you don't have in any other sport. But I don't know. I just think the bigger accomplishment and the harder road is winning the regular season title. 
But does that get us to the best teams in college basketball and trying to predict and crown the best team in college basketball? And I think that's where the that's where the formula's got some cracks in it, Daryl. So I'm with you. I'm the same way. Yeah. And I wanted to to kind of get your thoughts on that. Well, I'll Auburn, give you an example. Yeah. yeah, I'll give you an example real quick. I did some work for Troy. Okay. And I think yep. there was one year that Troy was like the most dominant team in the in the in the league, and they won the regular season title, and they got upset. Well, you know, the Sun Belt's a one bid league yeah so they didn't get to go to the ncaa tournament and i felt like they were better than the team better than the now if you get it if you get a conference that has multiple bids and is going to get six seven eight and at large that's different but these smaller schools you know that are one bid leagues yeah i mean it's it, it really can screw somebody that has a great year wins 29 games gets beat in the quarterfinals or semifinals, has one off night, and they're done. Right, one bad game. Exactly, exactly. So, well, college basketball, it's magical, and it is back. And Auburn is on the road in South Dakota taking on Baylor tonight. You and Zach Blackerby will do a live reaction show for Locked on Auburn. It's stay up late. You better drink some coffee tonight, Daryl. You guys are going to be up late. Yeah, I'm just going to eat. I'm just going to – the old school coffee canisters that had ground. Yeah. Pair it off and pour it in my mouth straight. Yeah. <laughs> Boiling water in one hand and coffee grinds in the other, right? Well, yes. well, you guys will have fun with that. Everybody be sure you go and tune into that. But on the other side of things, in football, that's still happening, Daryl. It's November. Football is still a big thing around here. And Auburn football gets their second conference win, their second win in a row as they go up to Vanderbilt and uh, get the win 31-15. to I talked about this with you yesterday morning over on AOTM on News Talk WA&I, but for our sports listeners, of course, here each and every day, how was your trip to Nashville, and uh, what can you tell us for what you saw in the football game? It was really, I really enjoyed it. You know, it's the first time I'd covered uh, an Auburn game in Vanderbilt. Uh, I was very impressed with the hospitality, the campus, it, the fact that Auburn, it was a home game. I mean, it just was. People that want to say, you know, Auburn had a great showing on the road. I, I hate to be a Debbie Downer, but they're fooling themselves. That was a home game. Yeah. And it, it sounded like it looked like it. I mean, I told this story, I believe, with you, but for those that weren't listening, I was leaving the stadium with about three minutes to go to go to the construction trailer for Hugh Freeze postgame presser. And I was walking with some Auburn beat writers and I knew Vanderbilt had the ball with about three minutes to go down two scores. And I heard this roar, just this roar. And I thought, and I said out loud, I said, man, Vanderbilt must have just scored, cut it to one. And then all of a sudden you hear the Auburn band strike up. And the guy that was with me said, no, Auburn just had an interception. Pritchett just intercepted. That's how loud it was. And how pro Auburn it was. So that was very impressive. It's not just, you know, the Nashville Auburn Club or people that I think there are a lot of people traveled from Birmingham to go to that game that were Auburn fans as well. So you had the Auburn slash Nashville slash Atlanta contingent there, I think. And uh, I was very impressed with the way Auburn started the game. I felt like they took control early, um, could have left, they left some points on the table, left some scores that they should have had to really, really make that out of hand i think auburn easily could have been in the low 40s hunter's touchdown gets called back late to a hold would have made it 38 15 jalen simpson gets called for the halo rule on catch kick interference and it didn't look like it was auburn would have had the ball at the 20 up 14 nothing so you know there's just some opportunities there that i think you know auburn should have had at least two more scores due to penalties um and that's unfortunate actually three because hunter scored a touchdown from the three-yard line on the Wildcat, yep. and, and Michael Riley Ducker got called for the blindside block. 
So Auburn did get points out of that, but that would have been seven instead of three. So that's a plus four. I mean, Auburn could have, you know, easily had um, 18 more points in that game. And so it's just, or 17 more, yeah, 18 more points. So it's just, it's just the way that played out. But I think that they, the drops are, are troublesome. I think the receivers had seven drops and, you know, you look at the adjusted rate, completion rate for Peyton Thorne, if those don't happen, you look at the adjusted gain yards gained by Hunter, if that hole doesn't get called, he goes over 200. Peyton Thorne would have went for about 240. So really, it had an opportunity to be a really, really good offensive day, and it just ended up being a good offensive day. But all in all, the defense, again, Ron Roberts, I saw Auburn get you know a little bit more pressure. And uh, it, was a, it was one of those situations where you never take a win. People can laugh all they want and say, it's Vandy. But it was big because it got Auburn one step closer to bowl eligibility, a game they had to have to do that. And go back and look at the history where Auburn plays Vanderbilt on the road since 1993. Some really good Auburn teams only won one score over there or by a field goal. Kept the game, Vanderbilt kept it in the teens. So that being said, you take it, you get out of there with 31 points, and now on to the next well, the thing that stood out to me was uh, the offensive drop-off in the first and second half, but luckily Hugh Freeze had a good explanation for that yesterday. Looking ahead to Auburn and Arkansas this weekend, Auburn back on the road in the SEC, taking on the Hogs in Fayetteville. A week ago, this did not look like all that difficult of a game where Arkansas was on a six-game losing streak, could not find anything uh, offensively. They fire their offensive coordinator after a three-point performance against Mississippi State, and what do they do? They turn around and hang 39 on Florida in the swamp and beat them in overtime, and they've got a little juice and momentum down there, some optimism, if you will. Is Daryl Dapperts worried about Auburn on the road in Fayetteville on Saturday? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um I would have been worried a little bit less had they not won that game against Florida, but I still would have been worried because I look at what Arkansas, the, the closeness of the games. I mean, they have played everybody really, really close and lost late. So that in itself is trouble, is worrisome. I, I told Zach last week, I said, if Arkansas loses this game to Florida, it might just be it. It may be where they fold up their tent. They have no shot to get a bowl game if they'd have lost that game. I think you see Pittman probably on the ropes. Uh, everything would have been demoralizing, and I think they would have come out against Auburn soulless and just not really played hard. I think it would have been over. Now that they won that game against Florida at Florida in the swamp, showed some offensive life, are still technically eligible. If they went out, they'd have to beat Auburn, Florida International, and then Missouri to, to go to a bowl game. It's there. It's still there. Uh, that carrot, I think that'll keep them playing hard. They see a goal there. They feel like they've turned it around. I think they look at Auburn and say, this is a two-team, a two-win team in the SEC, and they beat Vanderbilt and Mississippi State. Extremely worried about this game. I think this game's going to be a fourth-quarter game. I still think Auburn wins this game, but it is going to be in doubt late, and I could see this being a field goal, four-point game. Really do. Daryl Dapperich, who joins me every Tuesday at 3.30 here on On the Line on ESPN 106.7. We've talked basketball and football. Uh, Daryl, I always appreciate your time, man. Let everybody know where they can find you everywhere you are uh, and, uh, and just everything you got going on now that it is crossover season for Auburn football and basketball. Yeah, talk about football first. I'm on every Friday morning locked on Auburn with Zach. That's, that's just the, the standard uh, every weekly show that I'm on. And then we do a show 
post-game football show that drops Sunday morning, and now we'll be doing basketball. Uh, every time there's a basketball game, you can catch us live when the game gets over. And, uh, of course, with you on Tuesdays and Monday mornings with Ben uh, on his show at 710. So there you go. Awesome, man. Daryl, as always, brother, I appreciate you and your friendship and your time. And it's always a, I always enjoy this interview and look forward to it every Tuesday, man. Have a good week. Have a good show tonight. And we'll talk next Tuesday about football and basketball once again. Sounds good, man. Take care, Jacob. That's Daryl Dapperich. Joins me every Tuesday during On the Line on ESPN 106.7. Appreciate him and his time. We'll take our final break, come back, and wrap it all up here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line on ESPN 106.7. You are On the Line on ESPN 106.7. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Winding down here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line. I'm your man Jacob Goins inside the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio. Got a few more minutes here before uh, Bill Cameron takes over. I think Bill's going to be alone in the studio today. Drew, I believe, uh, is out sick, and Dan uh, will be over at Auburn football practice. And so uh, stay tuned for the drive coming up between 4 and 6 p.m. here on ESPN 106.7. Lots going on across the stations tonight. Be sure that you are flipping around all six of them. There's always something going on. Um, Over on... Let's see. Gosh, I got to see if I can remember all this. Over on uh, Wings 94-3, Auburn men's basketball begins their regular season tonight on the road in South Dakota, taking on number 20 Baylor. You can find that over on Wings 94-3 here locally in Auburn and Opelika and wingsfm.com. Tip-off is at 8 o'clock. Pre-game will start a few minutes before that. So be sure uh, that you tune in for that with Andy Burcham and everybody there from the Auburn Sports Network. They'll be on the call as our first Auburn men's basketball game will be airing this season over on Wings 94.3. You can find that for each and every game. And speaking of Auburn, the Little Tigers, Auburn High School, if you will. Auburn High School, their boys basketball team begins uh, with our broadcast tonight. They've got a couple of games under their belt, but our first broadcast for Auburn High School basketball and the Auburn High School Sports Network is on 96.3 W. Lee. They've got Opelika Rotary Radio Day over there right now, and if you just need a little bit more of me, I'm going to go and take over for Ben Taylor, my second shift of the day. Crazy. I'm everywhere. I'm on all the stations, it seems like. Uh, So that's going on right now until 6 o'clock and then uh, Auburn High School boys basketball with jump at Jack Hudden that'll start around 6 30 so be sure you tune in for that as well and then uh, tomorrow the girls and the boys for Auburn High School play so be sure you've got that uh, flipping around and finding all that stuff going on as well Auburn and Baylor tonight give you my final thoughts on that um, we'll see what Aiden Holloway and Janai Broom do and just how many minutes they play and how effective they are If both of those guys were playing full and starting, I think Daryl brings up a good point where Aiden Holloway may not start tonight. Uh, We may see Trey Donaldson coming off, or Trey Donaldson starting and Aiden Holloway coming off the bench and Janai Broom waiting on that arm, shoulder, whatever it may be, right? If all of that was healthy and fixed and both of those guys were good to go, I think Auburn would win and I would choose Auburn to win. I'm just a little worried about that. And to be honest, I just don't know what this team's going to look like chemistry-wise. And they got off to a slow start in their exhibition game against AUM. This is going to be a good team. And it's going to be a good season. I'm going to pick Baylor to win. 
but I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> I hope I'm wrong. And if Auburn loses, it's not the end of the world. It's only game one, and it's a top 20 loss. But I hope Auburn wins. I think it'll be a lot of fun. Tune in tonight. It's on ESPN on TV. But be sure you tune in over on Wings 94.3. Tomorrow, Rivalry Wednesday, Jordan Hill of Dogs 247 covering Georgia and Austin Hannon of Bama Central covering Alabama. They'll join us here between 2 and 4 for the Wednesday edition of On the Line tomorrow. Until then, I'm Jacob Goins. Stay safe. I'll talk to you later.